Welcome into another week of FCS Nation. I'm Big Game James McCarty from Fargo. I'll be guest hosting the show this week, and of course, co-hosting the show will be Stone Lebanowitz. How's it going today, Stone? It's going all right. Hey, a slate of games to remember last weekend, and a slate of games to look forward to this weekend, James. I can't say I'm glad you're sitting in Kev's seat, because boy, I love chatting up with Kev, but glad we could do this FCS Nation and deliver what the people need. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to play what I, I think I'm backup quarterback this week. Still at this point, we have you uh, playing quarterback much more recently. If we, if I were to play quarterback, I'd say it'd have to be triple option. I wouldn't trust my arm at all. Kevin Marshall wanted to let everybody know though. He's on vacation this week. He's in Charleston uh, on vacation, visiting uh, the Citadel, watching a football game in person for the first time in 13 years. And he said he may have a drink or two in his hand throughout the weekend. So he, he wanted us to be able to get everything rolling for him. The, the first game of the week you're going to have, from last week was number one South Dakota State at UND. That was a game that was close early, but the Jackrabbits proved why they're number one in the rankings with coming out with that 49-35 victory. Yeah, North Dakota typically doesn't like to play from behind, and in that instance, that's why they started off fast last week. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead, I believe, scoring points, 21 in the first half, but of course, South Dakota State fell into a rhythm, did what they did best, keep the ball on the ground. When you go ahead and look at what these guys did rushing. It wasn't necessarily Isaiah Davis. It wasn't some of the guys you normally see. Mark Gronowski, two on the ground. It's just typical South Dakota State game, the way it played out. But, hey, North Dakota did their part early on. Like you said, when you, when you looked at it, I mean, Mark Gronowski, three touchdown passes for South Dakota State, something that that secondary for UND just was not able to hold up against. Tommy Schuster threw a couple of picks for North Dakota. That seems to be the Achilles heel for the Fighting Hawks the last couple of years. When they end up falling in those games, it's just because of a couple of of mistakes offensively that end up costing them in the end. And, and good teams like the Jackrabbits, that's how they get the job done. The The next game we have is number 10, Montana, at number two, Sac State. Well, you know what? With, with Montana, they ended up falling after being ahead early. Sac State wins it in overtime. The big question I have for you in that, Snow, is this a game of is there vulnerability when you when you look out west there in the big sky, or was this a, a proof with Sacramento State of being gritty and being able to come from behind and get a big in overtime? I think this more so talks to Sacramento State. That's a good question on your part. I think that they're for real, and what they've been able to do is figure out who plays quarterback, keep it singular, and these guys can put up points. They've done it all season long, and they knew going into this game they were going to have to score more than Montana. And I know that doesn't sound like any wise advice or a wise point, but, hey, that's what it's going to take when you get a number 10 and a number two matchup lean sack Romano state heading into this game. I figured both Montana's teams would lose and it played out that way. 17 points in the fourth quarter and end up getting it done. And OT was awesome to see from Sac state. They're legit. Next up. We have a top five matchup between number three, Weber state at number five, Montana state. The biggest thing in this game you're looking at is the, the long snapper for Weber state seemed to be wanting to launch that football 30 yards to the back of the end zone. Do you think this is something that Weber State would have came out with a victory if it wasn't for a couple of those safeties? Hey, now that is the question to ask, right? Those are some blunders that necessarily will lose you a football game, and they only lost this game by five points, less than a touchdown, and you had to think that it was because of these special teams' blunders. When you go check out the highlights of this game, whether they're courtesy of ESPN, YouTube, wherever you find them, the first things you're going to see are those long snap just shooting over the punter's head and ending up costing them points. And like I said, the game as well, but Montana state squeaking this one out in a game. We didn't necessarily think they were going to win. And that was, a, it was a 43 38 victory for Montana state in that one. 
The next question that I would have for you is, could there be a little bit of controversy at Montana State with the Bobcats when it comes to the quarterback room, Stone? When you look, Sean Chambers, the Wyoming transfer, comes in, is really effective, but Tommy Malott, as we know last year, came in during the FCS playoffs, was lighting the world on fire. Both of these guys have been able to be really efficient this year. Chambers missed last week due to injury, but man, oh man, I got to imagine if a, if you're a Bobcat fan, you're really looking at this going, you kind of have the best of both worlds. You can throw the ball, you can pass, you can rush the ball, and and both of these guys seem to be great. It's a matter of will that chemistry be there come playoff time? I mean, again, like I said a second ago, that is the question to ask, right? I was a huge fan of Sean Chambers, and I respected him in the sense that I thought he should have remained the starter. Now, I know injuries hindered him, but I think what he's able to do on the ground, and let's take nothing away because Tommy Malott uses legs too. Look at this win against Weber State. You're looking at 32 carries and 273 rushing yards in three times that he found the end zone. He's kind of saying like, hey, Sean, I can do this too. And I think he's going to remain the starter, but for sure in the back of my head and I think in the back of the coaching staff's head for the Bobcats, yeah, you're asking yourself some questions here and there. Moving on, we had number 24, Campbell, at number six, Jackson State. Coach Prime out there getting his guys rolling, and, and this is one where you looked at Jackson State comes out with a 22-14 victory. Can Campbell be legit this year is the question, I think, after that close game. I think Campbell is legit. I think they're a team that you should not take lightly, no matter at what point during the season it is or who's playing the game, right, who's injured. I think Campbell, regardless, is going to give you a good fight. But, hey, Jackson State learned that, they don't have to win these games all on the offensive end. They're allowed to do it with some defense. This one was kind of a prove it game to me. And Jackson state did just that with a, a grimy 22 to 14 victory. Like I said, had to find a way to win a football game. Unlike they had in the past and so far this season for sure. But Hey, still uh, without a loss, these Jackson state guys are so, so serious right now. And as we keep moving forward, you had a top 10 team in Idaho, now ranked number nine in the country. They hosted Portland State. They came out with a 56-21 victory, seemed to just kind of be go out there. They steamrolled as they needed to. This Vandal squad, though, they've been a lot of fun to watch in the big sky. Yeah, Jason X got these guys rolling right now. Idaho's a problem for sure. And the two losses they took, there's a lot to take from that game. When you see them improve weekly, and I think that's all kudos to head coach Jason Eck right now. I'm a huge Vandals guy right now. I think they're deserving of a top 10 spot. This next game on the docket, Stone, I don't know how excited you're going to be about this, but your number 17, Southern Illinois Salukis, they went to South Dakota. They fell to the Coyotes 27-24. But one thing I think a lot of people forget is probably the toughest schedule in the country is going through South Dakota this year. And this team was bound to win a couple games. I don't think this is a bad loss for Southern Illinois, but they need to kick it into gear this upcoming week. All right. Well, I appreciate you saying that, James, that you don't think it's a bad loss. But for me... It was heartbreaking to watch. And I think now the questions are raised, like where do these guys land when it comes to the at-large discussion? Because they were already slotted in the pool and who knows where they were going to match up or who they were going to match up against. This does not help at all. Now we're looking at three losses. Southern Illinois takes a beating to Incarnate Ward and Lindsey Scott Jr. Then ends up losing a war of the wheel game to SEMO. And now this one, this one's kind of unexplainable. There's just nothing that I can say to make it any better. Started off hot, definitely became the heavy favorites going into this when you looked at the live lines. And then all of a sudden, South Dakota State stays in that game. You mentioned how hard it is to play in that dome. These guys are tough. These guys are gritty. And when you get to these winter months, that's when these Valley teams start to show up. Similar to what UNI has done in the past. I think that's South Dakota's role this season. 
As we round out the this opening segment, you have another top 10 matchup. It was number seven, Chattanooga, hosting number eight, Mercer. For some people, maybe that just look at the rankings, you go, man, this game could have been an absolute blast to watch. But you had Chattanooga come out with a 41-21 victory and just seemed to be in control for the majority of the four quarters. Super surprising result, if we're being completely honest. So last week, for all the audience listening, you heard me talk to quarterback Preston Hutchinson of the Chattanooga Mocs. He was so militaristic, like when he spoke about the game and what he expected, all he had on his mind was Mercer. They were underdogs going into this, I think, to a lot of people. And to win this game by a 20-point margin was really impressive. Preston Hutchinson continues to be the guy, continues to be efficient. Just these statistics for him each and every week are just so crispy and clean. 20 of 32, I know he would have loved to pump that completion percentage up, but 300 yards through the air, three touchdowns, no turnovers. They were getting it done on the ground. Just a really good team win. These guys wish they were still unblemished, right? Still wish they were probably 7-0 instead of 6-1, and but they roll on, and, and this team's definitely a problem because of what they can do defensively. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Chris King, the play-by-play voice for the Idaho Vandals. Well, Chris, so far so good in the Jason Eck era, right? That's a good way to put it. And first off, thanks for having me on. And it has been one heck of a fun season here in Moscow. The Vandals uh, just have been on a roll as of late. They've won five straight. And, you know, for people nationally who might be looking at the Vandals record and you see they're five and two on the year, you know, to add some context to that, the only two losses for Idaho this year are to power five teams on the road to Washington state and on the road against Indiana. And in both of those games, Idaho led by 10 at one point. So undefeated against FCS opponents, that includes a road victory against Montana, bringing the little Brown Stein back to Moscow. So it's been one heck of a season here. And as you mentioned, Jason X first year uh, leading the program for the Vandals. And there's really a big showdown coming up on Saturday on the road against Sac state. There really is. And, you know, look, SAC was able to win that game at home against Montana, and maybe they got one, but a lot of people thought maybe they shouldn't have gotten. But, you know, those ten, those things have a tendency to even out, right? And Giovanni McCoy has been efficient for y'all, uh, doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. If that continues, I like your shot against Sacramento State on Saturday. You know, I'm, I'm just pumped. I'm excited to see how these two teams match up and all the credit in the world to Sacramento State. They have had an outstanding year. and They're a really, really good team. But for Idaho, there's a lot of belief right now. And, you know, you go and you beat Montana and Missoula in front of over 26,000 fans. And uh, right now, Idaho believes they can go toe-to-toe with anyone after going toe-to-toe with a Pac-12 team and a Big Ten team. And you mentioned Giovanni McCoy. This is a redshirt freshman quarterback. And just to run you through some of the numbers, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is 16-3. to Against FCS opponents, he has only thrown one interception. He did that at Montana. He followed that up by a seven-play, 75-yard touchdown drive in a minute and 20 seconds. So he bounced back as quick as possible and he's fifth in the FCS in completion percentage at 71 percent and this isn't just dinking and dunking it he's sixth in the FCS in yards per pass attempt as well and a lot of credit goes around I mean I think Jason X uh, should be a slam dunk for Big Sky Coach of the Year Uh, you know this is not to knock any other coach uh, across the country but you know find me a coach that's done a better job than him and maybe there are other guys in the same conversation 
but I think he's got to be mentioned in that first breath. And he's put together an incredible coaching staff here. He brought Luke Schleisner with him from South Dakota State. He's the offensive coordinator, and he deserves a ton of credit for the development of Giovanni McCoy, Rob Orich coming from South Dakota. And, you know, I could go on and on down the line, but it's, it's been a great coaching staff and, you know, a remarkable turnaround in just one year for Idaho. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Chris King, the radio play-by-play voice for the Idaho Vandals. Chris, the defense has been opportunistic. You talk about the Vandals not making a whole bunch of mistakes on offense. Well, the defense has forced the opponents into several mistakes this year. That turnover margin's impressive. Yes, it is. The turnover margin plus 11 for Idaho. And there's, there's one guy in particular, Tommy McCormick, who has four interceptions this year. That matches the entire team interception total from last year. And Rob Orich has done a fantastic job with that defense. Uh, developing the guys who have come back, a lot of outstanding returners, but sprinkling in some transfers. Paul Moala from Notre Dame, Giuliano Falanico from USC, and the defense has done uh, just uh, an outstanding job so far. Obviously going to be put to the test Saturday against an explosive Sacramento State offense, but uh, these are the kind of matches that you think about in the offseason and and you dream about. And uh, Jason Eck has said it before, you know, big games don't just happen. Big games are earned. And this is an Idaho team that was picked, depending on which poll you look at, eighth or ninth going into the year in the Big Sky Conference. Right now, Idaho undefeated in conference play this season. So for the Vandals, you you know, in this game against Sacramento State on Saturday, after this one, you know, Idaho would be favored in every game the rest of the way. There are three after Saturday. Two of them are at home, the only one on the road against Idaho State. So, you know, Jace Kinnick has said, you know, I'm not going to put a ceiling on this team. And for the Vandals, this turnaround has happened quick. And uh, Saturday will be another big test. But uh, this matchup against Sacramento State also proves to be a huge opportunity for the team. Sorry, Idaho Vandal Nation. But, you know, uh, the expectations weren't high coming in. But what has been the major difference in this Jason Eck coach team than what you saw in the past there in Moscow, Idaho? You know, I would just say what I have seen this year, and I have a, a, the, fortunate, uh, the fortunate opportunity to have a front row seat, is just the culture. Jason Eck, I don't know anyone who's been around Jason Eck that doesn't leave without a smile on their face. And I think that he has brought a great energy and enthusiasm around the program. And, you know, for Idaho, returning to the big sky in 2018, may, maybe not the instant success that Idaho was hoping to have, you know, you look at some numbers here coming into this year, Idaho in road conference games was two and 13 since returning to the big sky. So far this year, Idaho is two and oh in road conference games. And again, that, that factors in a win in Missoula over Montana. So I would say that, you know, this coaching staff has come in and I feel like Jason Eck and this catch or this staff that he's assembled, they have, they have their PhD and, and what it takes to be a successful FCS program and what he did at, at South Dakota State and what he was a part of there and, and seeing him just have this instant success at Idaho has been, has been just a fun ride. And I will say, and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily blame you or anyone for, you know, where Idaho was picked this year. I think there was a lot of unknown. I hope that Idaho continues to get more respect for what they have done on the field this year, though, because I feel like if you just look at that 5-2 and two record, folks you have to dig a little deeper to know that those two losses you know they're not to fbs programs like akron and new mexico state undefeated against fbs teams and the only two losses are to power five teams so we'll see it's it's another opportunity with this matchup against sacramento state but uh the early returns are outstanding and 
you know, the energy around Idaho football, it's, it's buzzing like it hasn't been in many, many years. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Chris King, the play-by-play voice for the Idaho Vandals. Thanks for making the time, sir. Look forward to seeing you on down the road. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003, and Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle platypusco.com the high country club bar and casino located 209 main street and beautiful and historic downtown stevensville montana is your headquarters for watching sports in ravalli county when football season rolls around again the only place to be in the bitterroot valley to watch your grizz or your bobcats is the high country club bar and casino 209 main street and beautiful downtown stevensville montana that's the high country club bar and casino 777-9910 Thanks for sticking with us through the break. You're listening to FCS Nation, and you know there's a lot of big games in FCS football this week, knowing that college game day is going to be at the Southern at Jackson State game. But I think we have to start out with Eastern Kentucky squaring off with with Southeastern Missouri. Yeah, we definitely should start there. And I got my popcorn ready because what a matchup between quarterbacks. So Eastern Kentucky is led by Parker McKinney, who's just absolutely lighting up scoreboards. So much yardage, over 2,000, a bunch of touchdowns. And then... 
Mr. Paxton DeLaurent, the head man for SEMO right now, transferred in from Central Methodist. I actually had a chance to sit down and talk to him earlier this week, talk about mindset, talk about his head coach, Coach Took, which everybody in the FCS Nation knows about. I'm looking for these two squaring off. I expect this line to be really low, and I can't wait to watch them hash it out. It's a really unique matchup. And like I said, I just think that Paxton DeLaurent and Parker McKinney are going to kind of be dueling here, and that's kind of where my eyes are. As we look forward to the next game on the docket, Chattanooga versus Furman, a couple of top 25 schools, both of which got big wins last week. What should we expect out of this game? God, that, that again is a good question. Furman is no slouch, right? Six and two on the season. Chattanooga seems like they just have unfinished business. We're talking about a top 10 team here. And when I spoke to Preston Hutchinson, like I said in segment one, he was just so militaristic. Like he just kept talking about we're on to next week. Just some of the classic company lines you hear. It was impressive for me. It wasn't impressive for the audience, right? It was kind of slow moving and boring, but that's what we can expect from this Chattanooga team. They all have their heads down and this is kind of no letdown spot after trouncing Mercer. They expect to keep tacking on wins. Like I said, this team feels like they should be undefeated. They lost to an FBS school in Illinois. So they kind of don't really count that. I guess if, if I'd be allowed to say that, I know they wouldn't say that in their locker room. But look for Preston Hutchinson and this team to continue winning, continue rolling, continuing to be efficient. I'm excited for this one just as much as I am Eastern Kentucky and SEMO. As you look forward to the next game, college game day is going to be there. Southern at Jackson State. You know what? Southern 5-2 and two on the year. Jackson State, a top 10 team. Some people think maybe even deserve the crown of the number one team in the land. And, and they're undefeated on the season. Coach Prime has his guys rolling. As we know, the last couple of weeks, a little bit of controversy with Coach Prime and maybe some other coaches uh, with Jackson State. But what what should this game bring? I mean, if you look at it, College Game Day thinks it's the game of the week and, and it's a swack matchup. This should have everything in store. <laughs> and it will have everything in store. Anytime Dion's got extra cameras around, you know it's going to be a party. You know the vibes are going to be really high. And I expect this crowd to be absolutely jumping. I expect it to be sold out. College game day. I honestly have not been more excited for an FCS game than I am this one in a very, very long time, James. I just think that Jackson State's built for this. Honestly, me, I'm going to say it. I would personally vote or personally sign off on this team being the number one in the country. I typically wouldn't say that out loud or want to give that up, but I think they're worthy of it. I would love to see a matchup between them and South Dakota State. I would love to see them take on the bison up in your neck of the woods. I think they're built for it. We saw them pull out some sort of a grimy win, do it defensively, do it in the run game, right? 22 to 14. But I expect fireworks in this one. You talked about Southern's record. They're five and two. They're feeling game, feeling good. And if there's a game to get up for, it's definitely this one. As we look forward to the next game, you're looking at the big sky. Montana squaring off with Weber State. Uh, a couple of squads that think that they deserve buys in the FCS playoffs here coming up as it approaches. But they both need a big win here this week. Weber State, as we know, the debacle when it came to snaps with their with their long snapper and Montana. That was a game they had in hand. They ended up ultimately losing in overtime. What squad do you think needs this victory more this weekend? Okay, so I think Weber State is in a bounce back spot, but Montana just kind of is on to the next. I've used the word militaristic for a few different teams. Hawks boys are damn sure rolling, moving, talking, and walking like a military squad. I think they put their heads down and ultimately find their way through this game. I don't think they're necessarily going to be favored, 
Weber State, when I said bounce back spot, I really meant that. I feel like they want to wipe that slate clean, act like last week never happened because they still put a lot of good things on tape. So, God, you know, I've said this, James. I keep talking about these are popcorn matchups and I can't wait to watch. I'm going to be really, really busy Saturday sitting down multi-screening these games because Montana Weber State, if you're an FCS guy, this is a game you have to watch from start to finish. It's just going to clear up things in the playoff picture, further prove who's the better squad and is the big sky legit. I'm excited for this one, James. I don't know about you. Yeah, as you just mentioned there, Stone, so many great games in FCS. Montana, Weber State, that's one of those ones where you just can't miss that if you're an FCS football fan. As you move forward, Incarnate Word squares off with Texas A&M Commerce. Incarnate Word seems to be one of those teams that uh, they're really exciting offensively and still a lot of people in the country maybe don't give them the respect they deserve, and I think they're going to try and prove it this weekend. James, I've been preaching this since day one of FCS Nation 2022. The word is legit. Lindsey Scott Jr. is the best quarterback in all of the FCS. They rank top five in basically every offensive statistic you can even find. Defensively, they got playmakers. This team shouldn't have skyrocketed up the rankings after losing, you know, one or just two kind of these nifty, weird games. They shouldn't have moved anywhere. They should have stayed right inside the top 15 and worked their way back into the top 10. And of course, that's where we're going to find them when the season ends. But Lindsey Scott Jr., you just can't defend him. There's nothing you can do defensively to stop this kid. He's an avalanche, and he's going to keep coming and suffocating all of these teams in path to playoffs and what I think they can make a deep, deep run, possibly national championship. I love the word. Back over to the Missouri Valley. You look this weekend, your Southern Illinois Salukis are hosting Northern Iowa. This is a game where this weekend, Northern Iowa needs a victory to stay in the conversation for the playoffs, but Southern Illinois, to really cement itself as an at-large bid at the moment, Needs a victory as well. Where do you think this one swings tone? Okay, so typically in these October, November, December months of the season, that's where we see you and I really do what they do, and that's win games they shouldn't and surprise people that have been doubting them early on stages of the season. They seems like they do it each and every time, but this one's just a little different, and that's because Southern Illinois is coming off a loss. They cannot let that number go to four. They just can't if they want to keep their playoff chances alive. So I think we see Southern Illinois' best in its heartbreak city for UNI, and that's loading. I can almost guarantee that these Southern Illinois boys are going to be ready to rock and roll. Keeping it in the Missouri Valley, you have number four, NDSU, squaring off with Illinois State. You know what? You're looking, the Redbirds, they're a team that's 5-2 and two right now. They have a University of Minnesota transfer at quarterback, Zach Anikstead. I think the Bison are going to have all that they can handle this weekend. I love the defense the Bison has, but... You know what? That little bit of run pass option that Illinois State has, they want to run the ball more than throw it, kind of like the Bison. This could be a game where are we looking at like a two-hour type game with both teams just trying to grind it out? Hey, I think we might. They're both definitely going to lean towards their ground games. But where my head goes initially, James, is this Bison team's coming off a bye week, right? And also coming off an L to the number one team in the country, and they want to get right back in that conversation to being the best in the land. I love when you use that phrase because I think a few of these teams, right, can be flip-flopped in that number one spot. And you see, as you go around all of social media, everybody's got a different number one. Everybody's got a different number two. So it's really cool to see that happen. And I think North Dakota State's pretty aggravated about what they've seen and what people have been saying about them. So they'll make it right and take it out on the poor birds of Illinois State. I'm looking for those guys. I cannot wait to somebody's for somebody to step into that Sproles role, a guy who they thought was going to be there all four years, a guy they thought was going to be a 1,000-yard receiver every time he was on the field. 
They do need someone to replace him. I love that Cam Miller's completing balls at a high clip. I just think that he needs to let loose sometimes, and they need to let him throw the ball 25, 30 times a game because that's what's going to be asked upon them in the playoffs if they want to contend for a national championship. Exciting matchup. I think Illinois State has the weapons to be able to do some damage, but ultimately North Dakota State comes out on top. As we keep moving forward, we have another Missouri Valley game for you. The top team in the land, South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, they square off with Indiana State. Is this going to be much of a matchup this weekend? No, it won't. It's going to be a snoozer. We talked about all the games that we need to watch. This one, you can just put the notifications on and let it ride. They're going to pound the trees. There's too much they can do offensively, and it seems like they're finding their rhythm as the season goes on. Moving back over to the big sky, Idaho visits Sac State this weekend. As we saw, Sac State was able to, to pull one out of their tail ends really last weekend with that, that overtime victory. But you know what? You can't count out a squad like Idaho that seems to fly under the radar just because of how top-heavy that conference can be. Do you think that there could be an opportunity for maybe an upset here this weekend? And with it being a conference game, maybe to somebody who who's on inside looking out and maybe it's not an upset actually you're right on James this is my matchup of the week and I'm going to combo that with my upset special of the week I think Idaho walks in to Sac State Hornet territory they have no loss right they're seven and zero on the season Idaho is just playing full of confidence and I think they jump out to an early lead I think they also walk into halftime with the lead you can stack these boys right now they're just playing with so much confidence offensively a lot of the things that Jason Eck head coach is saying in these press conferences is really really impressive this is my upset special of the week I think Sacramento State finds themselves on the wrong end of a result for the first time this season as we move forward you have Sanford squaring off with the Citadel one thing is Kevin Marshall's there for the first time in 13 years is that enough to get an upset for the Citadel this weekend Stone? James if we want to continue to be a part of the FCS Nation family I think we have to pick Citadel here but hey, if I was being serious, they did score 34 points last week in a victory over Western Carolina, the most points they've scored in the game all season long. I think they're able to milk the clock, kind of manage the game, and kind of just be the dictators in this situation because Sanford's not a bad football team, but it's not fun playing in South Carolina in Bulldog territory. We've all learned that as the season goes on. Remember, Citadel beat ETSU at the crib. I think these guys, like I said, are rolling with some sort of swagger coming off scoring 34 points last week. And also with Kev being there, you know we're rocking with these Bulldogs, James. Oh, man, I, I absolutely love that. It sounds There's no bias at all. That's the good news that we have in that one. You're looking at, at the next game we have, Mercer versus VMI. With Mercer coming off the high of a really big win last weekend, do you think VMI can undercut them and possibly pull an upset? God, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't think VMI has the offense. We've watched them kind of implement this five wide. They go empty a lot. This new spread offense. I don't think they're necessarily used to it yet. And I say that, and we're already, what, seven, eight weeks through the season. So I don't think they've quite yet figured it out. And Mercer's not a defense that is very nice to teams that are lower skill and don't have kind of the rosters that they do. I think Mercer rolls here and wins this game by a wide, wide margin. As we're rounding out the games for this week in this segment, you have Fordham squaring off with Holy Cross. Holy Cross, a team flirting with the top 10. Will they be able to keep the train rolling this weekend? I think they do, ultimately. Fordham really can't, can't hold these guys, and I'm not too much of a fan of Holy Cross, and I've voiced that, and I've taken some slack on social media. Yeah, they're undefeated. Yes, I think they win this game, but when it comes playoff time, they're kind of a matchup problem and a problem being on the wrong end of that, to be honest with you. 
But they win this game against Fordham. They're at home. I just think they stay undefeated. They really should not lose this game. And that'll put a wrap on the preview that we have for all the great matchups in the FCS this week. When we come back, Stone sits down with Paxton DeLaurent of SEMO. You're listening to FCS Nation. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. The High Country Club Bar and Casino, located 209 Main Street in beautiful and historic downtown Stevensville, Montana, is your headquarters for watching sports in Ravalli County. When football season rolls around again, the only place to be in the Bitterroot Valley to watch your Grizz or your Bobcats is the High Country Club Bar and Casino, 209 Main Street in beautiful downtown Stevensville, Montana. That's the High Country Club Bar and Casino, 777-9910. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003, and Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle platypusco.com Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. 
I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's the Stone Cold Quarterback segment. You know what it is each and every week. Go around FCS Nation looking for some of the top performers of the past weekend. And I always say this, but it ain't that hard. I've snagged Simo's QB, the head man, the signal caller, Paxton DeLaurent. How you doing this week, boss man? I'm doing great. Ready to... You know, homecoming week this week and ready to play a good opponent, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, let's talk about Eastern Kentucky. I was somebody when I played quarterback that I would always love to go look at who we were playing next and who their quarterback was. Have you got a chance to look at Parker McKinney? Because he's doing a lot of good things as well. He's got over 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Have you got a chance to watch his game a little bit? You know, normally I just watch the uh, the other team's mm-hmm. defense, but how, how good he is, I definitely took a peek and – he, you know, he's a phenomenal player. He can, he can do it all. He can run, throw, he can make plays happen. Super smart guy, you know, started for four years. So definitely someone you can learn stuff from and he's a great player. So it should be a fun one. For sure. Having to match yourself up against somebody's skill set, I, I think it's beneficial for a quarterback. Hey, Paxton, let's get into something that I've been dying to ask you. So I watched you play with my own eyes this season. I was actually on the ESPN plus call when you guys came to Carbondale and beat my Southern Illinois Salukis in heartbreaking fashion. So thanks a lot for that. But Hey man, (laughs) during that pregame prep for me, as far as being up in the booth, I had a chance to talk to your head coach, coach Tuke, And I said, Hey, I, I, there's a little birdie told me that Paxton got here in a really, really weird way. So you were originally at Central Methodist, I believe, in the NAIA. You played there for two years. And I'm going to let you tell the story, but how on God's earth did you end up at SEMO? Don't leave out any details because this story is juicy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I got done playing at Central Methodist. was freshman of the year. We made a, we made a big uh, playoff run, first time in school history. They made the playoffs. And, you know, I always wanted to play at a, a higher level, so... I sent like kind of like a lot like the Josh Allen story. I sent thousands of emails. We started writing letters and my, my mom ended up writing a handwritten letter and we sent it to like my top five schools that I really wanted to go to. And, uh, you know, SEMO got through, got to coach Tuke's house. You know, he, he read the uh, letter and they called coach McDowell. Coach McDowell said, Hey, you know, well, coach Tuke said to coach McDowell, you know, there's this NAIA guy. I want you to take a look at him. And Coach McDowell had actually opened my email the day before, and he was like, ah, I told you, Coach Tuke, we need to look at him. So they, they evaluated my film, and then I get a call the next night. It's a Thursday. We talked for 45 minutes, me and Coach Tuke, and then Friday morning I'm in southeast Missouri State at Cape Girardeau on a visit. And, you know, next thing you know, and get an offer, take it, and now I'm here. <laughs> it's, it's actually insane to hear it for, I don't know, the 12th time that I've heard it because I'm somebody who has a mother who sacrificed everything to get me to where I was trying to go, and your mom did the same exact thing, sat down, penned a letter to the head coach of a Division One football team. You take an official visit the very next week and end up committing 
I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. God works in mysterious ways. So shout out to you. And now you got these boys rolling. So you guys take a quick loss to a team you probably should have, Iowa State. And then you rattle off six straight. What can you really credit that to? What is really clicking for you guys at the moment? You guys are six and one. I mean, this team, we just worked hard the whole winter, the whole spring, all summer. Guys were, you know, this is the hardest working team I've ever been around. And we, we got lots of talent. You know, you can't, you can't win without talent. And, you know, on the offensive side, we have a great offensive lineman. I think, you know, there's two or three All-Americans there, and every one of them is competing at a high level. Of course, you have Geno Hess, All-American running back. You know, Walter Payton, List player of the year, he does his thing. And then we just have some elite receivers that just, you know, we, we transferred in a couple, Demorio Vick from Missouri State, and then uh, Juco with uh, Ryan. And then, you know, Johnny coming back and, you know, we got other guys that we got a lot of depth. So we just have a, a really, you know, powerful offense that can do all things. We can run the ball. We can throw the ball. So that's that's getting us rolling. And the defense just continues to do their thing. So, you know, they're forcing turnovers, playing well. Special teams are playing well. So we're really just playing well as a team and continuing to work hard and get better each week because, you know, we're not satisfied at 6-1. and one. Love to hear it. Hey, there was a certain guy's name you just dropped, and that's who I want to ask about. Gino Hess, your All-American running back, Mr. Do-It-All. He's going to end his career at SEMO, the rushing yards leader, the touchdowns leader, pretty much every statistic you can have as a running back. He's going to own every single one of those. What does he mean to this team? Is he the heart and soul, and how easy does he make your job on Saturdays? Yeah, Gino is just, you know, even outside of football, just the the most funny guy, you know, lighthearted. And always, you know, brings a good spirit to the, you know, the locker room, to the team. And he just really gets everyone going and, like, everything's going to be okay. Like, you know, sometimes the stressful, you know, times can hit you. And he's, he's really the, the rock and the calm with that stuff. And, you know, on, on the field, he, he can do it all, like you said. I mean, he can, he can run the ball, you know, take the load off. And it just makes it where defense has got to pick. And personally, I just don't think they can pick which one to stop. They're going to have to try to stop them both. And that's, that's very hard to do. So just having that ability to run the ball and him catching the ball out of the backfield this year, that's something I've heard he mm. never really didn't pass, but he's really doing that. I mean, he had two receiving touchdowns in one game, and that's just another level. Teams can't just, oh, when he's blocking, you know, just bird dog, but a linebacker because he can, he can free release and get out there. Paxton, you have one of the funniest head coaches in all of the FCS. You know, every time I've <laughs> sat down with Coach Took. Literally, it's just pure entertainment. Each and every answer. Give me a few quotes that he's dropped this season where you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> I don't even know if I could think of any quotes <laughs> off the top of my head, but he definitely just, you know, rattles them off all the time. And, you know, it's, it's just super fun. But he's also like some of those times when everyone thinks he's joking, he's super serious about <laughs> it. Like, he means exactly what he's saying. And, you know, some people will laugh, but he, he really means that. So he's just. He's just someone that really like loves his job, cares about our team, and you know he's he's definitely just a great head coach and very blessed to have him. Paxton DeLoren, folks, you heard every single word he said. He speaks the truth. Him and his head coach Took, some of the best guys that I've had a chance to sit down and speak to. Check these guys out. 2 p.m. Central Time. They're at the crib. They're in Cape Girardeau taking on Eastern Tennessee and Park. Or I apologize. They're taking on Eastern Kentucky and Parker McKinney. These guys are six and one. As I go down the rest of their schedule, right after Eastern Kentucky, it's Tennessee State, it's Eastern Illinois, and it's Murray State. In my opinion, they're going to win out. I don't want to ask Paxton that because he's going to give me the classic one game at a time. 
But I think they went out. This team's really good. They're ranked inside the top 25, and I think they're going to continue to go down that list and make some noise before this season ends. Paxton, good luck to you, and thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join FCS Nation. Thank you. God bless. Go Red Hawks. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Welcome back to FCS Nation. This is Stone and Kevin's favorite segment normally, but I get a chance to hijack it a little bit. We go through the previews of the games, the picks of the week. Game one, we have Stone, Eastern Kentucky versus SEMO. What do you have going on there? God, uh, like I said, this one's a popcorn matchup. I think this one ends in a shootout with Eastern Kentucky and Parker McKinney. Kind of edging it out here, 42 to 35. I'm going to go SEMO my my way. I'm, I'm going to go the opposite of you to try and get it there. I think a 45 to, to 42 type of matchup. I think you're going to have somebody turn it over late and a field goal is going to be the difference in that one. Moving forward, we have Chattanooga versus Furman. I'm going Chattanooga in this one. I'm feeling a, a 38-28 victory. Good call. I'm kind of close with you there. I think Chattanooga wins this one 28 to 20, James. The next matchup we have all the eyes in college football will be on it. College game day is going to be there. Southern at Jackson State. It's tough to go against Coach Prime, and I'm rolling with them. I think Jackson State comes out in this one 31 to 14. I do as well, and I just spent the segment previewing this game, talking about how Southern can give these guys a fight, but ultimately Shador, Dion, Travis, the rest of the star players that this team does have, I think ultimately they end up scoring a lot of points. I think Jackson State wins this game 45 to 13. As we move forward, you have the big sky. Montana visits Weber State. As we know, these two squads came off tough losses from last weekend. Weber State sitting up there at number two in the country. For whatever reason, though, I'm feeling Montana is going to come up with a victory here. They just seem to need it a little bit more in my books. I'm going to go with Montana 24 to 14. Ooh, okay, okay. I like Weber State in this game. I think it's a beautiful bounce back spot. Montana hasn't faced Inc. a team like Weber, who's so well balanced on both sides of the ball and is able to do it through the air, do it on the ground, has all of the weapons to do a lot of damage. But ultimately, they're going to squeak this one out 31 to 30. Ooh, going to have a little bit of higher score, and I like that one. That's always great in the big sky. You get a little bit of passing going, and you can see some great things happen. Incarnate Word scores off with Texas A&M Commerce. This is a game where I'm not super in tune on. What I do know, though, is like you said, with uh, with what Incarnate Word has offensively, points are going to get put up, and they're going to get put up in a hurry. I'm going Incarnate Word on this one, 56 to 42. I love to hear you say 56 because there's one thing that I love each and every weekend, and that's sitting my behind down on a couch and watching Lindsey Scott torch defenses. We're going to see the same thing, so tune in and watch this kid go to work. The Word, take this one, 49 to 17. Up next, what we have is a Missouri Valley matchup. UNI squares off with Southern Illinois. Like you said, Northern Iowa comes up in big ways when they shouldn't late in the season. That's how they seem to squeak into the FCS playoffs year in and year out. I'm taking the Salukis in this one, though. 17 to 10, defensive battle. This just has the making for me of a game where some people might think some points are going to get put up, but I think the defenses hold strong. Well, I'm some of those people, James. I, I love to hear the battle, though, that Missouri Valley battle late in the season. But I do think Southern Illinois scores or early and often. They're going to win this game 35 to 21 and kind of just crush you and I's hopes and dreams. Back to my neck of the woods. You have North Dakota State squaring off with Illinois State. This is something where you look at it. Last time the Bison were out, they lost in the Dakota marker game. They're coming off a bye week. They've had a couple weeks to prepare for an Illinois State squad with a guy that's a power five transfer in Zach Anikstead. 
I think the Bison get it done at home. The Fargo Dome will be bumping. They're going to fill the stands here because the Bison fans know that they need to rebound. NDSU 35-17. Pretty spot on everything you just said there, James. I got them winning this game 28-10. They're going to take control the first quarter of this game and kind of never look back in my opinion. As we stick with the Missouri Valley, the top team in the land, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits squaring off with Indiana State. I don't think much of a competition in this one off the bat. I think when you look at it, you're going to have the Jackrabbits coming out early and often. It's going to be a 42 to 10 type game for me. The second unit's going to going to be able to come in for the Jackrabbits late. Bingo. Again, hit the nail on the head there, James. I think they're going to take control of this one. I don't think it's much of a contest. We're talking about the number one team in the country here, fresh off of a victory over North Dakota State. They seem to keep handling business. We saw what they were able to do last week against UND, and that's put up points, and they're going to do the same exact thing this week, 35-14 over the trees. As we keep moving forward, Delaware squares out with Elon. This is one where you have a sneaky good Delaware squad who's in that top 15, as I mentioned earlier. I'm going to go with these guys. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of a score, though. I'm going to go 28-17 to on this one. Yeah, I like Delaware. I like the hens here closing this one out 30 to 27. Gonna be a really good game though. And I think these offenses show out as we go back over to the big sky. You have Idaho squares off with Sac state. This is one of those matchups where, you know what? I, I like how the Vandals play football this year. I like how they've been able to get things done. I like how they've been climbing up in the rankings, but Sac state at home, I think is a little bit too much for them. 31, 21 Sac state in this one. Hey, I'm sticking to my guns here. I said the upset special of the week was the Vandals coming out victorious over the Hornets. I still feel that way. 45, 42 in what is an absolute cracker of a match up next. We have uh, where, where Kevin Marshall is this weekend. Samford squares off with the Citadel. I know that you, you, you're thinking Citadel on this one. I'm going to go Samford on it and it's going to be 24, 21 Ooh. in one of those grinded out battles and Kevin, forgive me on this one. I, I promise I'll pick right next week. Kevin, I apologize for James. I can't believe he sat in your seat and he picked against Elson. I can't do it, James. They're going to win this game by a point. I don't know how it gets done. To be honest, I don't even necessarily think it gets done. But hey, that's my pick. Elson, 28-27 over Samford. Next up on the docket, we have Mercer squaring off with VMI. This is a type game where you have a top 20 team in the country in Mercer. I'm riding with Mercer on this one. Give it to me, 42-21. I'm riding with you, too. I think this is a beautiful bounce-back spot for these guys. I think people expect them to put a lot of points and punish this VMI team. But VMI is going to play well defensively for some odd reason. I just get I think it's time they're due. But they're still going to lose this game. Mercer wins this one, 27-13. The final game that we have on this segment is going to be Fordham squaring out with the Holy Cross. I'm going with the top 25 squad in this one. Give me Holy Cross, 34-20. to Almost right there with you, James. I think Holy Cross wins this game 28 to 14 over Fordham. And what's not really a fun game to watch, but it's almost imperative that us at FCS Nation do watch this game. We're talking about a Holy Cross team who's undefeated, who hasn't really been challenged in each and every week. They got to prove it to everybody. And I'm still somebody I feel like they have to prove it to. I think they win this game. Like I said in the preview segment, they're undefeated. They keep rolling. They're playing at home. They can beat a Fordham team that just does not have the roster and the skill players that Holy Cross does. Reiterate the score one more time. That's 28 to 14 over Fordham. Holy Cross gets it done, stays undefeated. And that will do it for another week of SCS Nation. You know what? Kevin Marshall, he'll be back next week. But Stone, thank you for letting me fill in. I had an absolute blast and hopefully... I don't get ridiculed too badly for some of my picks from Kevin and you. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, I will tell you one thing, though. Pick it against his L Sid. That's risky. 
Well, you know what? I might have to go hide under a rock until next season. But regardless, I appreciate you letting me fill in for this weekend on another show of FCS Nation. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless.